Hello, and welcome to Inside Retail, the podcast brought to you by Edited, the world's leader in retail intelligence. In this podcast series, we explore both the opportunities and the challenges the retail industry is facing with myself, Grace Hill, Edited's Director of Retail Strategy. Today, I'm joined by a guest that I'm personally very excited to have join us, and I hope you are too. They truly are an industry insider that will need to remain anonymous for obvious reasons. Their voices be masked and no specifics will be shared. I feel like I'm on an episode of Crime Watch with someone in witness protection. Created in 2020 as an anonymous Instagram industry meme account, bringing much-needed humor to the world of retail, this merch life has now grown to over 33,000 followers in 30 countries. Alongside the comical aspect of the account, this merch life also brings to light important issues faced by the industry and its workforce, giving them a platform to be heard. They truly are the gossip girls of retail, having worked for several of the largest retailers in Europe and currently based at... mm, No, I can't tell you that one. We are very excited to get their refreshingly honest perspective of retail and merchandising in 2022. Today, we'll lift the lid on how they came to form the account, their personal experiences and the changes they are hoping to see in the world of retail. This merch life, let me begin by saying thank you for trusting us and agreeing to appear on the edited podcast. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. We've prepared some icebreakers to get us going and to learn a little bit more about you. So to kick us off, if you were to meet someone who hadn't heard of this merch life, how would you describe the account in three words? Merch meme account? Well, that absolutely makes sense. <laughs> and on that note, what is your favorite meme? Probably. I'm quite proud of the Spotify wrapped, I'll be honest. That was a good one at the end of 2021. That was probably my most liked meme ever. I'd love to know, what is your favourite DM that you've ever received on this match life? Actually, do you know what? It was right when I started the account and I was posting all these memes and this person DM'd me to say, you need to do new age memes. You meme like you're over 35. (laughs) And it just made me laugh so much because I was like, what does that even mean? And what's the craziest thing you've learned from your followers? I mean, it's not that crazy, but probably just that we're all doing exactly the same things in exactly the same ways, hearing exactly the same things from our managers, dealing with the exact same problems. Like we're all doing the same thing every day. Yeah. All over the world and in different countries. It's crazy. And are there any particular trends that you're loving at the moment? Well, this is always quite contentious in retail, but I love lilac. It's been around for a while. I feel like it's still staying around for a bit. Always a toughie in merch. Buying always pushing for it and merch are always saying, no, it doesn't sell. But I don't get it. I I will buy anything lilac. I have to admit, I'm surprised that you'd say lilac as a merch yourself. We all know the horror stories that lilac brings. (laughs) One more. What metric or KPI would your co-workers say that you're obsessed with? Probably cover. Weeps cover is probably what I talk about most when I look at things. Why is that? I don't know. I feel like it's just something that I've always referred to. I feel like when you're first learning all the things, you have these ones that you always like to look at. What's the best career tip you've ever received? If in doubt, fudge it. What's an emoji that you use 90% of the time? Probably the sideways crying laughing face. Because sometimes you want to say something, but you don't want to be too serious. I know this tends to be a hot topic on your account, but what is your preference? Work from home or in the office? Do you know what? I'm so lazy that I enjoy work from home, but 
I think I'm actually better in the office. So now we know a little bit more about you, let's find out more about the account, This Merch Life. Could you start off by telling us generally about your background in retail? Yeah, so I studied a retail course at uni and it had aspects of like merchandising, buying, product development and all sorts. And I always kind of knew I wanted to go into a retail role, but I thought I'd be more down the buying route. So when I left uni, I was applying for buying and merchandising roles as admin. And it just turned out that I got a merch role. And then it's kind of gone from there, like just moving up the levels, sometimes felt like painfully slowly. But yeah, still working in merch today, which people often ask me, are you still in merch? But I very much am. One thing I'm curious about is how did you feel about getting a merch role when originally you wanted to be a buyer and go down that route? Yeah, I think from doing my degree, I was definitely interested in both sides. So when I look back and I think, oh, when people interview for merch roles and you can tell they're interested in buying, it's like I genuinely felt like I could have done both. But yeah, as soon as I got into the role, I was happy that I was kind of on the right track. So how did you come to start this merch life? So it was just before Christmas in 2020 and we were all in lockdown. And this other Instagram account popped up that was like life of a BAA. And they had all these memes and like everyone was sending them to each other at work. And it was hilarious. And I was like, this is great, but there needs to be a merch one. And um, one of the girls on my team was like, you should do it. And I was like, what? No, I don't even know how to make a meme. So I was like, right, I'll Google how to make a meme. I'll make a few memes, set up a page, posted a few, started following people. And then it just kind of took off. There was like 2,000 followers overnight, which was just crazy. And it's kind of just been building steadily from there. It was quite nice at the beginning because there were other accounts like this, like a lot more. So there was a designer, a garment tech, there's the buyer one, who's still around now. There was logistics. So it was like all these accounts and like everyone was interacting with each other and it was just hilarious. Really brought people together in lockdown, I think. You'd never seen a meme about your work on Instagram. I think what makes the account so successful is how well you really know your audience as you're one of them yourself. It obviously really resonates with them and and really helps make light of bad days, which I know in retail can sometimes feel like you're living with bipolar disorder. (laughs) So one thing I can't resist asking, have you ever come close to getting caught? Well, my own mother nearly exposed me. (laughs) She once posted on Facebook, like my daughter sets up this page. I was like, mum, what are you doing? This is anonymous. You cannot post on Facebook about it. Thankfully, my mum does not have social media, but that (laughs) is a classic mum move. Honestly, I mean, I was like annoyed at first, but then I thought, well, she's got a hundred friends or something. It's not exactly going to go anywhere. One other kind of funny story was when I left my last job, I was handing in my notice with my manager at the time. And at the end of the meeting, she was like, by the way, I know it's you. (gasps) I died on the spot, basically, because I was thinking back to what I'd been posting. Like, obviously, I was unhappy with my job and I was 
probably had taken that out into the account. But she was fine about it. She was like, I won't tell anyone. So with over 30,000 followers now, This Merch Life really has such a captive audience, myself being one of them. Can I ask, what role do you see the account playing within the industry? Well, I think it's become more than a meme account now. It definitely, like we said, is more of a community. It's a place that people can go to for advice. It's a kind of forum for discussion. And I think the anonymous aspect working both ways is really great because people feel they can say what they think and express their views without worrying that it's going to come back on them or that kind of thing. So yeah, it's definitely become more than what it ever was. But I always like to keep that sort of comical aspect there still because people still need that aspect of positivity and humour and just making light of things sometimes. Are there things that you've discussed or highlighted on the account that you've then seen addressed by retail businesses? There was quite a lot of things at the start because we were talking a lot about mental health and how, you know, people were struggling in lockdown and working from home and that kind of thing. So a lot came out at the start about companies introducing wellness initiatives and things like that, which was great to read. I mean, some of them, it sounded like they were basically just giving their staff a lunch break, whereas some of them seemed a bit more um, legit. But even recently, one of my friends was saying that at her company, they had just re-released their maternity policy and that it was massively improved from what it was previously which is something I've discussed on the account before, but I know the buying account was doing a lot on it recently. So even if it's, you know, we were saying it's not necessarily directly related, but if these kind of accounts can be bringing these issues up and discussing them more openly, then it is a kind of push to businesses to improve things. And what are the key changes you want to drive or make in the industry as a result of running this account? I think it's just that thing of, you know, bringing things to light, holding companies accountable for things with that increased visibility on what other companies are doing. Mm -hmm. You know, are companies looking at it and thinking, right, well, they're doing this. So do we need to look at doing this kind of thing? Hopefully just improving things for people who work in the industry and making it a better industry to work in. Absolutely. And one thing I'm desperate to know is, do you see the tone or sentiment differ in the messages that you receive based on the level that that person is within the retail business when they write to you? Yeah, definitely. So people who are quite junior are often messaging, asking for advice or lots of questions on, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? How much should I be getting paid? How long should I stay at this level? But from a higher level, it's more of kind of agreement with, say, a topic that's being discussed or whatever. I worked however many years in the industry and it was always like this and hope to see these things improved. Or people are like, yes, you've hit the nail on the head kind of thing. So it's quite nice to get that reassurance from people that have worked in the industry a lot longer than I have. And have you ever had anyone be defensive? Not much recently, but back in the day, I kind of ran the account slightly differently back then in that I'd get a message, I'd find it shocking, I'd repost it without thinking. And then, you know, there was a certain amount of backlash sometimes from companies or people at certain levels saying, oh, not all of us at this level are like that. But these days, I don't really receive any messages like that. I feel quite fortunate that 
to the level that the following has got. I rarely receive any negative messages, which is nice because no one wants to get horrible messages, do they? And why do you think the dynamic has shifted towards the account? I think it's just being slightly careful with what I post. And to be honest, I don't really get that many messages these days wanting to expose things or wanting to spill tea on certain companies. Or I think it's just the way the account has evolved. I think it speaks really nicely to the point you were making earlier about the fact that it's not just a meme account, it's now a community. Exactly. As an avid liker of all of your memes, (laughs) which ones get the greatest traction with your follower base? People love anything with The Office. That's always a big hit. That Spotify one, that was crazy. And then mainly anything to do with shipping, late deliveries, containers, That kind of thing people just love because I guess everyone's just dealing with that at the moment and it's everyday issue for all of us. It's so interesting that you say that. At Edited, we obviously are hearing from the front line from our customers and the impact that the shipping and supply chain crisis is having on them and their day-to-day role. But how are you seeing it impact your life as a merchandiser? Yeah, I mean, every day. Like I was thinking back to before it all got so crazy and production and shipping lead times used to be quite standard. Like you'd be able to really predict and things would be fairly accurate as to how long things would take. But these days it's just a minefield. Like you've got no idea really how long things are going to take. You can't really control things. Things change last minute. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to deal with, you know, managing late deliveries And it's like, we've planned this season and ultimately it's not going to go like that. It impacts everything because you've got this product that you've planned to be at a certain time, but it doesn't come in. So then you've got to look at what you're going to put into sale, maybe not do promotions. Lots of companies are running on little stock, so they can't risk taking money off things because they'll have nothing to sell. So it's a huge knock on. I can imagine you feel like you're on a loop as well when you go into weekly trade or Monday selling and having to explain why results may be the way that they are. You know, maybe just get up one of your memes. That'll help explain the problem. Oh yeah, definitely. You do often feel like you're just saying the same thing. There's no new news. It's like, oh, this is delayed. This is delayed. So yeah, it's it's tough. And how are you seeing this impacting pricing Are you seeing businesses being more open to price increases? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's tricky because everyone is tasked with improving their margins. And that's so difficult when everything's against you. So your freight costs are much higher. Your raw materials continue to rise in price. So how are you going to make those margins back when everything's stacked up against you? But it's kind of like, how far can you push? With everything, you know, the cost of living is so high now. How far do you push your prices before you risk your sales? Because increasing your prices, you're not necessarily going to sell as much volume. So what is the trade-off there? We're seeing the same thing at Edited. Obviously, pricing continues to be a huge topic with our customers and understanding where there are opportunities to increase prices because, you know, those inflationary pressures are not going anywhere. You know, we've even seen in the news about Primark having to increase prices. 
but also understanding the relationship between price increases and sellouts and using our data to help make the best decisions. Yeah, definitely feels like some brands are going for it more than others. And some seem to have more of a reason to than others, as in making improvements to quality or changing fabrics or whatever. And others just don't seem to have a reason why. Something you do a lot is offering the chance to ask me anything via your Instagram stories. What is something that you see your followers asking you about the most? So often it's either they're looking at jobs with a certain company, they want to know if anyone's got any feedback, or they want to know about experience and how long they should be at a certain role or level, or big one is pay and salaries and bonuses inflation pay rises and then also what people are doing when they've left retail and how they've kind of made a move out of the industry into something similar. We obviously hear a lot about people wanting to get out of the industry. What skills have you learned via your followers that are most valuable when leaving and moving into different roles or different industries? Um, It definitely sounds like Excel is very highly sought after. So yeah, lots of people have said how they've moved into other sectors and people have been really impressed with their Excel skills. Mm -hmm. But it's things like lots of people have gone into more data roles or like coding. Someone put it quite well in one of my DMs and they said, it's like going to a merch interview, never having opened Excel. Like you don't need to be the best at it, but you just need a basic understanding. So You can go into the interview kind of knowing a bit of what you're talking about. And as well as Excel, it's the workload management. I know from a friend of a friend who left fashion merchandising and has gone into another industry in a merchandising role, and they were asked if they were okay to manage 25 SKUs, being like, we don't want you to be too overwhelmed. And obviously they were like, well, I'm used to managing thousands of SKUs throughout the year, so I think I'll be all right on this one. That's it, isn't it? It's like we do so much. We know we do, but it's until you go into another environment that you maybe don't always realise. Obviously, you mentioned it yourself that you're still in merchandising. So there must be something that's keeping you there and still in this industry. What is it that you love about it? I think for me, it's the satisfaction probably from the job when you can make the decisions that lead to your department being a success and that comes through, then that's really satisfying, really rewarding. I think ultimately everyone loves the people, don't they? So it's your team that really get you through the day, get you through the week. I've made some amazing friends working in retail. Over the last couple of years, it has taken a bit of a turn at times, but ultimately it is an enjoyable job and there are perks and there are good things about it. So you mentioned perks and the good things about the job. What initiatives have you heard from your followers or maybe you've even experienced yourself that really works well within retail businesses that they get right? There's so many easy things retailers can do that won't cost them any money. It's like an early finish on a Friday makes such a difference to people. Most of us start at eight o'clock or a lot of people even earlier than that. We rarely get the time back. We often work overtime. Mm -hmm. So if you're told you can finish at three o'clock, half three on a Friday, that's a nice thought. Like a lot of companies will put on things at lunchtime or something. And it's like, that's great, but 
then I don't have a lunch break. My favorite meme that you say is like, not another pizza party. Oh, God. Could you give me an example of things that they might put on in our lunchtime that your followers actually really would appreciate? Is it yoga session or what other things? Yeah, something like that. Or like a talk with someone interesting or a makeup class or something like that. But again, it's hard because, you know, when is the ideal time for those things? And also a lot of companies don't get anything like that. But it's just kind of recognizing that your staff need more than just 20% discount off your product. That isn't really enough of a perk to keep people there. If you want to maintain good talent in your business, when you've got all these tech companies that offer a million perks, And it kind of goes back to that like wellness aspect. Like a lot of my friends in other industries get set wellness days a year. So like three days they can take when they're just feeling like they need a day and that's not part of their holiday. That kind of thing just makes people know that you actually are thinking about them and their needs. Of course, obviously, work-life balance ultimately is the most important thing. And I know I'm very lucky working for Edited because it's a company where work-life balance is, is really appreciated and it's encouraged that you take all your holiday and that you get out at a good time. And, you know, yes, although we do have pizza parties, we also get to take our bank holidays, which I know has been a controversial subject on your accounts with the uh, Jubilee weekend coming up. Yeah. From your experiences and those of your followers, where does the industry really need to take a hard look at itself? I mean, I guess we have to talk about sustainability, right? So this feels like it's becoming more and more to the forefront of what retailers are talking about, what they're putting out to their customers, what message they're trying to send. But in reality, what does sustainability actually mean to businesses? And what are they trying to achieve by saying that they're sustainable or this range is sustainable? What is the message? I was reading there's a thing that's come up about UK fashion retailers and how they are going to be investigated with how they advertise things and what processes they've actually done with these products that they're claiming this is sustainable, whether that's actually true or not. Kind of up until now, there hasn't been that much investigation into this kind of like greenwashing. So I think retailers will have to be a lot more careful in the future about how they talk about processes and that kind of thing and and what that actually means to the customer. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I personally think really needs to change within the industry is the education and knowledge base of those working within the retail head offices and the impacts of the decisions that they're making. I know from my own experiences working on a denim team in merchandising, I didn't quite appreciate the environmental impact of the decisions that I was making. That was obviously pre-Stacey Dooley's documentary where you obviously saw the water usage within cotton fields, and the impact of the chemicals and the dyes on the natural environment, which was quite truly horrifying. That's it, isn't it? Because when you think of recycled, you assume that that is from something that's already been used. But if factories are buying new plastic bottles from other factories just so they can recycle them to make recycled polyester, then that doesn't seem like a great initiative, does it? It's like you say, if us who are in the industry don't know these things, then how can the customer and how can they make good choices? 
I was trying to read up a bit more about recycled polyester after those posts. If you mix fabrics, say recycled polyester and cotton, then you can't keep recycling that. That's it for that product. That will just go to landfill. So then that in itself is not sustainable. I actually pulled a stat from Edited to see how many products are currently in stock in the UK market. And there's over 133,000 products that are currently available to buy, which as I'm sure everyone's aware, a couple of years ago, that would be a hell of a lot smaller. So it's a widespread issue. And it's not just based on those key mass market fast fashion players that we've all come to expect it from, um, or that would be the first to spring to mind. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we've spoken about the intense pressure that is put on those that work in retail HQ and the constant back and forth and decision making and the thousand of SKUs that are managed and the long working hours. But from your experiences, how could technology support merchandisers and those teams with their crazy workloads and the decision making that they need to take? When I have had a good, say, reporting system or something like that, it's just night and day between time spent running things, pulling things together. Most companies that I've worked in, you have to operate where you pull this report and then you pull this report and then you make your own page where you do some ifs and you bring in this, that, the other, and you piece it all together. Whereas when you have those systems that can do all that for you, it's amazing. It helps your workload in such a way that it does mean where we're operating on such leaner teams these days, that really does help. And if we are to carry on with these teams that are much smaller than they ever were, we do need our systems to work harder for us because we can't be wasting our time pulling this, that, the other, spending hours running reports or looking into things on Excel when really we could have a system that would do it a lot better for us. It's a sad reality that such a large proportion of time is actually spent on having to pull and merge multiple data sources into a format that's conducive to analysing, outweighing the time actually spent analysing the data and making profit-based decisions, right? That's it, isn't it? And the decisions that we're responsible for making and the money that's involved with that, we're basically making off quite inaccurate data, So it's quite scary, really, when you think about it like that and how much better it could be and how much more accurate it could be. I know we hear this a lot at Edited with merchandising teams or buying teams wishing that they had greater access and visibility to e-commerce data and having that one source of truth versus having to rely on a report that they may get the day after, which is then too late. Yeah, that's it. And in a lot of companies, you don't get that data first thing when we're doing our trade updates. So it's it would be amazing to be able to link all that together. And I think even for certain e-com teams in certain companies, a lot of them have very limited data that they can see. So then it's a frustration from their end as well. So one thing I've seen recurring memes about on your account is your followers being perpetually frustrated when management bring in a shiny new tool or process, acting like it's the silver bullet to businesses' issues. What feelings relating to that do you wish you could share with your management? I suppose it's, well, in my experience, have you really thought about what this means for your teams on a day-to-day basis? As teams on the ground doing the work using these systems, it's either that they haven't considered the impact on workload, on headcount, that kind of thing, or there's not enough 
training or integration. I don't know, it just often feels badly executed. It's fascinating to get your perspective on that. And it's a common trap that a lot of retailers fall into when they integrate or bring in a brand new technology. And it's something that we really pride ourselves on at Edited, this process of onboarding users. We actually call it launch services, but becoming self-sufficient and doing this as quickly as possible is really the key to success. Exactly. I just thought back to even uh, one company where we bought in Teams, which obviously Teams is quite basic and most people use it every day now. But it was like this thing that a few people were trying to push, like, oh, this is how, you know, we're going to save everything in Teams. This is how we share things, blah, blah, blah. And just no one used it because there was no push to be using it as an alternative to what was going on. I guess my final question is what conversations with management teams do you feel really cause the most frustration for you and your followers? I suppose often it's trying to articulate what teams need in order to do the job better and understanding where there's a need for bigger teams or more headcount on certain areas or how, like we were saying about what these systems mean for day-to-day tasks of admin level or whoever it's just do you understand what this all means for what we're trying to do and is there a forum where you can be honest about these things or a culture where you're able to speak to senior management in an honest way about all these things rather than trying to brush over things or pretend everything's fine. So do you think there's a disconnect between the senior management teams and those on the ground in what is required to execute in the day-to-day? I think people don't realise the time it takes to do certain things. So they don't understand why you can't do all of this. And it's actually because using these systems or running these reports takes this amount of time. So I can only do this amount of these in a day. But it's kind of escalating that up in a way that it's understood at a management level. But I guess if you could be totally honest and candid, what would you want to say to them? Probably just, do you understand what we're achieving with the tools that we have? And do you recognize what could be achieved if we had better tools or say we had an extra person on the team or you know I'm always kind of amazed on what results we get when we feel like we're not able to do everything that well (laughs) yeah I just think there's so much potential for how great things could be but it's just we could do more if we had more and finally what does the future hold for this merch life I guess with the account up until now, I've run it based on what the followers want. And I definitely want to keep that as a focus. The account is growing every week in terms of following. And that just blows my mind because I think how many more people can there be that don't know about it or that even work in the industry that this is relevant for? So I'm kind of just excited to see where that can get to. And I definitely want to build on the kind of education and helping people with their careers aspect, talking a lot more about perhaps sharing certain people's career stories and their experience and any advice they would give to people, because that seems to be like such a important topic that people want to discuss. But yeah, ultimately just continuing on the path that it's on and we shall see what happens in the future.
And finally, to the industry leaders who may be listening, what is the one thing you'd encourage them to change in the retail industry? Well, two things, actually. The first would be pay, because I do feel like we're underpaid for the work that we do. And the second would be that rather than trying to chase our tail with things like sustainability, why are we not, as an industry, just really leading the charge with that kind of thing? Setting that as an example to other industries would be amazing to see, I think. Absolutely. This Merch Life, thank you so much for joining us on the edited podcast. And it's been truly a pleasure and an honour to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to our latest episode of the Edited Inside Retail podcast. Huge thanks to today's anonymous guest from the infamous Instagram account, This Merch Life, who really helped to shine a light on some of the challenges the retail industry is facing today. To see more of the insights that Edited provides, check out the link in the description of this episode. I'm Grace Hill, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.